There is nothing better than the feel of pen on paper. That little bit of resistance pushing back at me as I save my thoughts in a notebook. For years, I've looked to replicate that feeling on an iPad. But it's never really been the same, at least until I discovered Paperlike. The surface of the Paperlike is coated using nanodots, tiny microbeads that are designed to add superior stroke precision when you drag the Apple Pencil across the screen. The latest iteration of Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils that are designed for maximum picture clarity. These foils are developed exclusively for Paperlike products. Every Paperlike comes in a set of two, so you'll always have a spare in case you need to replace it. Within a few weeks of applying Paperlike to my iPad Pro, my Apple Pencil is getting more use than ever. Taking notes, journaling, tapping through show notes, you name it. I feel like I'm realizing the true potential of the touchscreen without sacrificing my love of pen and paper. To pick up your Paperlike, head over to paperlike.com slash VGA, click buy Paperlike and select your iPad size. From now until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their digital pro planner bundle at no extra cost with every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. Ready to do more with your iPad? Head over to paperlike.com slash VGA to get started. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast about board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. Hey, and this is Anthony. And this is episode 406, BGA Awards 2022. We'd like to thank all our patrons, especially Corey Murphy, Matt Pauley, and Ryan. Thanks so much, all. You rock. All right, everyone. We are back, and it's 2023, but we're taking a look back at 2022 and the greatest games from that year. So for this feature episode, BGA Awards 2022, Anthony. Yeah, yeah, it's that time. We got to get it on. Um, <laughs> every year we Excited. look back. <laughs> Excited, yes. These are the. It's it's a weird time because we spend so much time looking forward and backward simultaneously. We're like, all right, what's coming up? And what did we look at last year? And then what are we excited for next year? And what did we play last year? <laughs> And what are the best games from last year? And what, and honestly, like behind the scenes, one of the things that happens is what games from last year did we not play that we wish we had? Okay, we'll put that on the list for next year. Uh, but these are the best. These are the best of the best in eight categories that we've selected. Uh, the games that we feel do the best job of making us have fun. <laughs> so, Absolutely. So past, present, and future, all based in cardboard. Your friends here at BGA bringing you the latest and greatest. And obviously, this is our award system. And we are here to give you what was great and then what won. So that hopefully you get these great games to the table as soon as possible. Because, hey, they may might be modern day classics in the waiting. So, Anthony, before we get into all that fun feature stuff and give out the big shiny Meeple Awards, uh, let's talk about what's going on with BGA. Yeah, so uh, last week uh, we announced our updated Patreon uh, from everybody out there. And I uh, just wanted to give you all a quick update and a reminder, of course. So uh, we've kind of relaunched the the Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com slash BGA. And everything that was there before is still there. So all the current backers, everybody who's been in there in the past, we are still offering you know uh, bonus content and access to us and the ability to interact and We've added a bunch of new stuff on top of that. So um, first things first, we're going to have new bonus episodes every week or so. So if you go back, there's a new bonus episode for me for last week um, where I went through and I analyzed all the games that were new in my top 100 list. 
So there are 18 games that were not on the previous list that were on the list this time. And I talk about why they made the list and some of them were older games. And was I playing those more recently or what happened? Right. How did these games make the list um, this coming week? So this Friday, uh, Chris, you have a new episode coming up with Will, right, on cadulting. Yeah. So there seems to be this radical trend. We talked a little bit about before where adults hold, wait, sitting down, everyone's sitting down, everyone's sitting down, right? You're sitting down. Turns out we buy toys and games. I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah, they're people. <laughs> so it turns out like the corporate bigwigs were blown away by this and they had a tremendous amount to say about us. And Will and I sat down, and you have over an hour episode about talking about adulting and how we're taking over and, and some good stuff and some bad stuff and some slights. Uh, it's, it's a, it's an interesting episode, and I think you'll all get a kick out of it. And again, we're all trying to produce new content for you on the Patreon back account, so please check it out because you can never have enough great board gaming at the table, and there's just so much good up there on Patreon. Yeah, yeah. So just a quick rundown of all that good stuff on Patreon. Um, we've launched an exclusive Discord server. Ooh. So Am I on that? This, you are on that. Yes. You just posted on that. Starting what? To, trying to pick a fight about star wars uh, um, <laughs> and if we have a fight about star wars it's gonna be on the discord man we'll take yes. you down bro <laughs> um yeah i was very close to responding You're like i'm not gonna mention it and i'm like i'm gonna mention it nope no we're not doing this we have to we're record doing it. it it's going down it, has, it um, has to be behind closed doors this way that nobody gets to see the the, the massacre that happens i'm just saying yeah, the ugliness yeah the ugliness um, is ugly super ugly. yeah everyone out there too is just like which one of you likes it and which one of you dislikes it? We don't know. And they don't even know what movie we're talking about. So that's, that's another thing, true. too. <laughs> they know. They know which movie. <laughs> um, so Discord, join us there. We have contests are on there. We have our game club is on there. Um, special deals, early access, polls, all that stuff is going to go through Discord for the most part with a couple mm-hmm. of exceptions. So if you're a backer at literally any level, you'll get an exclusive invite link. You can join us there. It's awesome. Um, We also have early access to the episodes. So anybody who's a Patreon backer will be able to access all of our episodes from the Patreon audio feed. And you'll get it uh, at least one day early, sometimes two, um, and with none of the ads. So if you're like, I don't like ads in my podcast, or I don't like having to press the skip button, uh, you can avoid that if you're a Patreon backer at the $2 level or higher. Um, bonus episodes, like I mentioned for everybody at the producer level or higher, um, at least twice a month. And then we also have our board game arena exclusive BGA group, um, and weekly game night access that will be starting up here in the next week or so. Um, that starts at the $10 level. There's a bunch of other cool stuff in there as well. We'll talk about it over the weeks to come, but go over there, check it out. Uh, one thing we're going to get into here in a minute is our new contest as well. So it's kind of building on the content we've already had for years now, our question of the week, but we're going to start awarding the people whose answers we love best with some prizes uh, from partners and our own collections. Very nice. And again, we get to have a conversation with you that's ongoing. And since we record every week, what you talk about with us there comes onto the podcast. So it's a good opportunity to meet the community of friends that listen each and every week, have great conversations, have a great community and get a lot of great content out there. And it helps us bring more and more to you all out there and hopefully at a better quality and just expansive, endless kind of stuff that we're hoping to plan to do for the upcoming year. So again, thank you all. And we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Anthony. So that's what's going on with us. Let's go on with all our friends. What's our question of the week. All right. So the question of the week this week, and I actually posted two Give people what? a bonus opportunity. I know. See, this Added is getting content. crazy here. Crazy, know, man. Chaos. Crazy. Chaos. Uh, <laughs> so this is going to work the same way it always has. I'm going to keep posting these to Facebook and Twitter, but I'm also going to post them to Patreon and the Discord server. So if you are a backer, please, if you're responding to this, make sure you do so in Patreon or the Discord server so that you're entered into our contest. There you um, go. But if you're not a backer, and you're not able to support us, and that's totally fine. Uh, you're still listening. You're still participating. That's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. I still read through the Facebook and Twitter responses, and we will read the best ones on here as well. So Absolutely, yeah. Uh, what we'll be doing is every week we'll have 
probably two questions, sometimes one, but often two. And we'll pull the best answers for each of these. We'll discuss them and we will collectively choose a winner who is going to take home a prize that I will ship out to you. So um, this week we have a prize package from FanRoll, uh, who make custom dice. They have all sorts of crazy, amazing stuff. They like liquid core dice and gemstone dice. Um, they have a, a dice tower, some dice trays. So we'll be sending out a prize package to our winner this week for the best answer to our, our combined questions here. And then next week we have a new copy of Flourish, um, a cooperative uh, plant growing game. <laughs> so um, it's very beautiful artwork. Um, this was on Kickstarter a couple of years ago and just recently got to us um, here this last year or so. So that game will be going out to the winner next week. So if you answer our question of the week, that goes up on Tuesday or Thursday next week. So the questions this week, the first one, what hidden gems and little discussed games might we have missed and why? Um, I ask this question a lot for several reasons, because I want to make sure, you know, we we're going to do our, our awards here every year. We get messages from people saying like, Oh, what you didn't talk about this game. And the answer is usually we didn't play that game. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, uh, and it's not meant to be, you know, we don't like it. It's just, we didn't get to it. We can't play everything. So I want to know what games people want to hear about. And then we can kind of come back to those. Right. So there's often a bunch of them. Uh, so, some of the quest- answers here on our um, Patreon account we have. Drew mentions, though des- the designer is hardly hidden, his work framework seems to have sneaked into 2022 without fanfare. Fast to play, easy to teach, nearly no setup and crunchy decisions make this a gem of the hidden variety. Um, this is an Uwe Rosenberg game, by the way. Uh, I did talk about this on an episode, I want to say a couple months ago, three months ago. Um, I liked it quite a bit. It is an iteration on previous designs namely Nova Luna, um, but did have a lot of fun with it. A couple more here. We have Corey who says, glad to support just joined Patreon. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Corey. Um, He says, I haven't heard revive come up much. This game is a really cool engine builder with a cardboard engine as everyone's player boards. You slot double sided cards into different parts of the engine each to turn each turn to activate them. There's a good variety of ways to use these cards besides just providing resources to. Beyond that, there's a really unique board exploration mechanic unlike any other game I've seen before. Really cool game with some very neat graphic design. Um, so, Corey, I'm very excited for this game. It's not out here yet. so it's true. <laughs> like, yes, me um, too. I have it pre-ordered. I'm. This is probably one of my most anticipated games of the next few months, so... I guarantee you we will be talking about it and it will probably go into the 2023 pool for awards because um, it's just not available here in North America yet. True. Uh, Peter mentions the Port Royale big box. So not necessarily a 2022 release, but the big box is and features new art and removal of potentially problematic elements light, but fun. And the big box has a lot of good content for a low price. Um, It's a good call. I have this. I picked this up. Over the summer, um, mm-hmm. Port Royale is a very good game, but it did have some issues. And if you had all the expansion stuff, it didn't fit in the box. So having a big Weird. box with everything in it is nice. Yeah, I think it had multiple publishers, too. It did. Yeah, it was a mess yeah. of the game. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, so let's see here. Is there anybody on Facebook as well who maybe has good answers to this one? Um, Tim also mentions Framework, uh, also throws out Acropolis uh, as a good two-player game that actually have this downstairs but needed to play it Mm -hmm. um matthew freeman says skyrim haven't heard you guys talk about it at all i i don't know if this is one we're gonna be able to get because we didn't neither one of us back this you didn't back this right i did not yeah so i don't if we get a chance we definitely will but we haven't had a chance yet um and then matthew's one of several people who mentioned mosaic oh yeah people want to hear what we think about mosaic i have a copy I am going to punch it today or tomorrow. We might get it played this week. We might talk about it mm-hmm. the next week. We'll see how time yes, works sir. out. But Sounds good. Yeah. Um, and then Tom mentions First Rat. Great family game with fun theme. So it's just like rats in space, I think. <laughs> so this game is. <laughs> um, I've seen it. It looks cute, but I, it, I haven't played it. Same. Um, all right. And so our second question, which is uh, I, I listed as the bonus question. Um 
the new year is here and it's time to reset statistics on BG stats, create a new 10 by 10, audit those shelves of opportunity, otherwise set new goals for 2023. What are your gaming resolutions? So Ooh. I, I want to know what people are hoping to accomplish in the new year. Um, I ask this question every year and I, you know, sometimes we get good answers. Sometimes we don't get a bunch, but this year we got a ton. So I'm going to go through <laughs> some of the best. Uh, Drew's goal here is an epic year. They want to play at least one of each of Twilight Imperium 4. Oh, I like that. War Room. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It looked beautiful. Star Wars Round Rebellion. Board. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yep. And War of the Ring. Oh, there's, there you go. Yeah. Drew, if you knock that out, Drew, I think you're set. That Those are all... Four of those are amazing. Uh, three Seriously of those are true. my top 20. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting invitations. That's all I'm saying, man. Yes, please. Come on. At, at the very least, me. You can let Anthony stay home. I, I Just what? fight me. It's fine. No. No, it's fine. No, 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 no. Look, Drew Drew doesn't have a lot of chairs at his table, right? Like, he's he might not have enough room for all of us. I, I'm going to bring my own chair. <laughs> play more of the right. <laughs> have chair. We'll, we'll game. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, yep. I will travel. That's fine. War of the Ring, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll travel for that. Um, Erskine mentions, I plan to buy only expansions, no new games to play, and only for games I play at least five times in 2023. See, this is what I'm saying. That That's me. I feel that. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm there. Like, my goal, like I'm jumping ahead a little bit. My goal for this year is not to buy anything new, new, until I've finished up the not quite new, but new stuff to me in the basement. It's just... I'm tired of getting to the end of the year and having all these games. And I'm like, oh, I didn't quite get to that. And I'm like, and I'm not going to, cause I'm going to buy all this new stuff now. Um, so this is I'm why you me. have to, this is why you have to listen to each and every episode of board gamers anonymous to see how long that actually lasts for. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> it's not going to last. Um, all right. Antoine has a, a long one here. So uh, I'll, I'll read over some parts of it. Um, first want to become a more educated gamer. And so Antoine describes this as meaning I will not buy because I can afford it, but because the time spent on it will be rewarding for me and my gaming group. So thinking about what you get out of it rather than what you have to put in. Mm -hmm. Um, So that means learning not to succumb to the hype or FOMO. This is what I'm saying. Antoine, you and I are on the same page here. (laughs) This is why we're here, people. Come on. Stay strong. At least until February. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Just a month. Get a month out. That's right. Um, he says, I don't know for others, but my stats tell me that I acquire about 20 games expansions per year. Well, that's nothing, Antoine. What are you talking about? <laughs> 20. Um, I got 20 this week. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> There's been weeks. There has been. Um, with a good half that get played once and a quarter directly on the shelves of opportunity. Second, moving second now, um, that should allow spending more energy in organizing gaming sessions and making it a enjoyable experience for beginners and veterans alike, removing distractions, learning to better teach, focusing on experience, not the games themselves. I hear you. Sounds good. Um, yeah. Lastly, take it easy and enjoy the company of friends. That means also less analysis paralysis as far as I'm concerned. Um, with my best gaming buddy, we're going through some introspective period recently, wondering what to do with all the games we have, hence these thoughts and resolutions. So... Nice. He says, by the way, thanks for bringing us together in this podcasting community. Thank you, Antoine, for participating and for your thoughtful answer. Yes, thanks. Yeah. Um, Just a couple more here. Tom says he wants to play 100 unique games, and he wants to play games with 100 unique people. Oh. So, and he wants to empty that shelf of opportunity, (laughs) which I think we all have that. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Come on, man. Give him a month. Give him a month. Yeah, yeah. You can do it, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Peter mentions wants to stop procrastinating and finally start designing one of the games that live presently only as ideas in my mind. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. I I really respect people who are like, I'm going to design a game. That's my resolution because I I will never do that. It's too much. It's too overwhelming to think of. Um, So uh, Control Shift Home says buy less, play more. Reject mm-hmm. the new hotness, return to the old coldness. Agreed. <laughs> maybe and, we should maybe we should do an episode instead of BGG hotness, BGG coldness. Coldness, yes. <laughs> the coldness. <laughs> Let's get back to the old stuff. Um, and then last but not least, Sam Mandela says the alphabet challenge. Play 26 games each, starting with a Ooh. different letter of the alphabet. In alphabetical order, if you're feeling fancy. 
Love it. Love it. Yeah. I think BG Stats, the app, actually has a challenge where you can do that. So it'll just it'll pull randomly, but you could then go through and swap them out if you want. Sweet. All right. So that's all of our it's not everybody. So everybody who participated, thank you so much. But that's a lot of the answers we got this week. Um what do you think, man? Who had the best answer? I think you know, just generally when you look at all of these kind of opportunities to get people to the table, they're all very good. And then obviously, hopefully, we've been trying to do this for almost 10 years now. Not buy all the games. <laughs> so yeah. Like, everyone everyone had their, their mind and their gaming and the experience like all in the right order. I love all of that. None, nobody's looking to just like blow out their collection, buy endless numbers of games, and then just like hope like Everyone's on board. I love it. Everyone's sharp on board. Our friends really are rocking it this year. I love it. It's a good year. 2023, man. It's our year. We're going to do it. Yes. <laughs> so who do you think should win this dice package? What are you thinking? <sighs> hmm. I think for the... Un- it's so hard. Everyone was on the mark this year, but I think... For the idea that are we looking at an A to Z kind of situation, or are we thinking expansions? Hmm. Mm, Do you have a preference on that? Expansions. I I feel like that's a really good way to go. Yeah. Like just like it's. I tried to do that last year. I failed miserably. I got through like four or five months, but. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to buy any new games, but I will allow myself to buy expansions. And I got halfway through the year, and I'm like, I'm doing it. And then, obviously, all the stuff came out at the end of the year. I'm like, I failed. I failed. It's, it's, it's like the methadone. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, we're trying to get you off buying more core games. Here, try buy some expansions. Because at least you know you like the game. Yeah, exactly. You're not buying stuff that you may never play. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. The expansions never get played. But at least it goes in a box that you might open. <laughs> so... <laughs> And they're um, exciting. Expansions are exciting. How about you? What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I think that's a good one. I think because I okay. agree with it. I would like to do the same thing. And he throws in there too, like, and specifically for games I will play five times, right? Yeah. Not even just like, I'll buy any expansion that comes out. It's like, no, only for games I'm actually playing. It, so. it you got, you got great game playing because you, you're going to, you're going to get, you want to get these games to the table. So it's a good strategy. And as Euro gamers, we, we appreciate good strategy. And then, obviously, the expansions are still purchasing crazy numbers of, of, you know, board game stuff. But it's not new games that you may never get to the table. So it's a very smart strategy as well. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that one. All right. Erskine, thank you so much. Um, You will be the recipient of a prize package from Fanroll. I'll reach out to you and and get your contact information. We'll send that out. Um, And then everybody else, please. Check out these questions of the week. If you see one pop up on Facebook, you know, I have a great answer for that. And you're not a Patreon backer. Two dollars. Throw your answer in there. You might win the prize package. Might win a game. Mm -hmm. Stuff going up every week. Yeah. The more Patreon backers we have, the bigger the prizes we can give. So uh, join us at the table on Patreon. All right, Anthony. So that's everything that's happening with all our friends out there. Let's get on to our feature review. So for our feature review this week, we are talking about the BGA Awards for 2022, the most spectacular, prestigious, and cardboard-based awards out there. Everyone's clamoring about them because they want to get great games to the table. So, you know, give them an award because now and then when you get them to the table, you can like, hey, man, this is an award-winning game. And like, ooh, award-winning. Now I changed my mind. I do want to play that now. I wasn't sure about it, but now that I know I got an award, I'm going to play it. So... Hopefully this helps you get games to the table, but people don't play games so much or maybe not with the expansion. So Anthony, yes. <laughs> we have wonderful categories, wonderful games. Why don't you take us through it? All right, let's kick it off. Um, as we mentioned before, we have not eight, but nine categories because I always oh, forget our oh, first oh, oh. category, which is not technically a board game. It is a board game digital implementation. Mm. So... These are apps, effectively, on Steam, on iOS, on Google Play, somewhere. You can play it on a, a, a digital device. Um, yes. And so in past years, there's been so many released. This year, I don't think we had quite as many. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, we also have Board Game Arena, which is just overflowing with games as well. 
Um, yes. Our nominees, in no particular Ooh. order, are we go. Everdell, <gasps> Role Player, mm-hmm. Hero Realms, mm. and Munchkin Digital. These nah, all came out Munch- in 2022. Excellent, excellent, excellent list, my friend. Uh, all good games, all, you know, spanning the the spectrum from, you know, your super light munchkin game gets to the table, which I don't think we have seen previously. I think everyone kept talking about munchkin getting an app since it came out like, I don't know, how what has it been now? 40 years? It feels yeah, like 40 feels years. Like it, yeah. it feels like 40 years. Maybe not as, maybe not that long, but it, it feels like if there was anything that was going to get a game. Uh, Hero Realms, again... Great, great card game. Loving to get that to the table. Role player, you know, about the idea of just rolling up your character. A lot of fun. And then, obviously, Everdell. So, I guess you don't have to construct the cardboard tree now. Yeah. Yeah, the, the nice thing about the Everdell app, um, focusing there, is you can zoom in on all the cards very easily. Ooh, the, it's nice like that. They've done some nice graphical design and interface stuff without making it too complicated. Like, they didn't change the look of the game, which is... sure. The number one way to annoy me in a, in a board game app is like, <laughs> like I know you love the interface of the board and how the game is laid out. We're going to get rid of all that and make it different. Like, no, why would you do that? <laughs> Enhance, don't replace. That's true. Um, so Everdell really does a good job of that because the biggest problem with that game, if you play it at the table, is you can't read all the cards. You certainly can't see what other people's cards are. Sure. Especially if they have an action that you could go take. You're like, I don't yeah. know what that is. I'm never going over there because I can't remember what it is. Um. In the digital version, it's a lot easier to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, role player is, you know, there's a lot of stuff to keep track of as well. There's a lot of fiddliness. There's dice everywhere. The app takes care of all that. It organizes all of it for you. It's very quick. Like one of my favorite things about digital implementation is you can play it like take a game that takes 40, 50, 70, 100 minutes because of fiddliness and boil it down. Role player does that quite well. Um, mm-hmm. Hero Realms is... Star Realms is one of the best board game apps out there. Hero Realms is Hero Realms. So it's using the same framework, right? It works because we already had it. So it doesn't sure. really feel quite as new because we've been playing Star Realms for like eight years on our phones. Um, <laughs> it's true. Right. And then Munchkin Digital is a very, like, you got the John Kavalik artwork jumping off the screen, which is really cool. But yes. it's still Munchkin. So I don't know. <laughs> Munchkin, Munchkin's great. I know you yeah. do, but I gotta get my swipes in when I can. Ah, uh, that might go on the Patreon battle, Munchkin. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me play Munchkin. Um, so yeah, I the all four games very good. Um, digital implementations uh, very strong, and I, I think um, I've I've had fun playing all of these. All right, well. Our winner for best digital implementation for 2022 is Everdell. Yes, again, fantastic. <laughs> it, it really is the best. It, like, it takes all the issues that you might have with the game, and there aren't a bunch, but the ones that exist are almost all interface-based, mm-hmm. and it fixes them because you have a digital interface that can address those things. So it makes yes. the user experience better. Now, obviously, setting up that big tree and having all the cards and the meeples and everything out is really, really cool. Yes. But from a digital version, actually enhancing user experience, that's the way to go. Yeah, that's what you want for your digital implementation. And Everdell, and as much as I love it, it is a lot of just like, pick up a card, read it. Pick up a card, read it. Pick up another card, read it. Look at the bonus cards. Read those. Put those down. Try to see what what other people have on their board. It's... It's like you said, Anthony, it's, it's a really hard game to manage at the table because there is so many cards. There's so much text and so many spots to go on. And then even with the bonuses that are available, if you can't see them, you know, based on where you're sitting at the table, it's really hard to keep track of what people are going for as well. So, right. uh, you know, having this digitally and being able to play it and read and see everything in real time is fantastic. And I'm so glad that they didn't dump the card tableau out there because like terraforming mars like it's a it's a good digital limitation but i the cards are just like shrunk down to just a couple of symbols and you lose a lot of that cool tableau building so everdell does a great job here yep all right anthony so our next category is best family games so what are our games and what are they about all right so first up we have streets from sinister sinister fish games this is the second in the series um and it is a 
tile laying game where you're building little streets, putting meeples out, lots of funny little jokes in the pictures and on the meeples. <laughs> um, it's a very straightforward, relatively simple kind of point scoring engine system game. Like, And you'll never have to worry about any particular combination taking more than five spaces because that's the maximum size for a street. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to teach. It's accessible. My kids love it. Um, my little Everdell was a surprise release for me, at least, uh, came out at PAX and instantly became a huge hit in my house. My daughter fell in love at the show. We've played this game a ton and it really successfully takes everything that works in Everdell, like the base mechanics, the worker placement, just the fun theming. And it boils it down to the core components where two people, one of them being seven years old, can play through the game in 30 minutes. Just fantastic, accessible. She is now all about like this idea of tableau building and combos and building an engine. She wants to know what other games are out there like that based on this. And that's what I'm looking for in a family game. It's something that everybody enjoys, but also can kind of be like, well, what's next? Huh? What comes next? <laughs> um, and so, and my son has already said, I don't want to play this one anymore. Give me the big one. Right. He's like, I'm a big kid. Give me the big one. <laughs> so, um, Jurassic World, the legacy of Isla Nublar is a legacy game from Funko games um, set in the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World universe. And it, I don't think it gets pitched this way because it's $120. And I don't think it gets reviewed this way, unfortunately. Um, And I'll talk about that more in my upcoming review of it. But it's a family game. This is not meant for core gamers. It's relatively light and simple. The co-op nature of it, you know, everybody can work together. Nothing's too complicated. Some of the stuff can even be a little bit dry. But you're moving around giant dinosaur meeples. You're running around. You're trying to overcome these different challenges. You're going into different rooms and doing stuff. New things come out in every game. My kids love it. And seeing it through their eyes, there's a lot here that works really well from a family perspective. So I know there's been some, you know, tits and tats here and there about like what people think of this and the reviews been all over the place. But I would argue, think of it strictly as a family game and it works really well. And then last but not least, we have Starship Captains, the new one from CGE, which I think we were both surprised to realize is kind of a a family weight game. Mm -hmm. But when you realize that and buy into it, it's a fairly good family weight game, right? Absolutely. It works really well. It's just pretty simple. Go to a planet. And then once you get there, do the mission and then move your, you know, your ensigns on your own little board. So nothing complicated, nothing specifically genre based that you have to wrap your brain around. No, no hard kind of like snowball Euro mechanics, just a really fun game. All right, Anthony. So for the best family game for 2022, the winner is my little Emberdell. Yes. Cute little meeples. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. Definitely well worth winning. I came out of nowhere. I, I don't know you know what we would have picked otherwise if this hadn't come out a month ago but um definitely just like a slam dunk it's such a great idea to do and i'm glad they did it yeah and they and they slimmed it down but they didn't necessarily dumb it down and i think exactly when i heard at the show that this came out i was kind of like oh no it's going to be like you know baby's first you know game and just like just ruin everdell but they didn't do that so that's it takes a lot if you've ever either worked with kids in any kind of professional setting or have children like that, that's the hardest thing to do is like to retain the value of what the thing might be like the lessons or the game in this case, and yet make it accessible. That's challenging. That's teaching. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really the the thing there and they did an excellent job on this. So congratulations. Yeah. All right. Our next category is best strategy game. What do we got for us, Anthony? All right, so we got Everdell. Just kidding. No. I don't. <laughs> Everdell won the first two categories, so I'm like, why not? Let's just keep going. Um, no, we got we got four big heavy games. We've got Lacrimosa from Devere. Uh, this is a game about helping finance and complete the lost requiem of Mozart after he dies. We have Wonderful. Arc Nova, the game about building an animal preserve and working towards preservation goals overall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a mishmash of a bunch of different mechanics across a lot of different types of games have been very successful in the last few years. Uh, so it's got the tableau building of a wingspan or a terraforming Mars. It's got the action selection mechanics, 
of like a civilization in new dawn um a lot of cool stuff mixed in there it's got the personal player board mechanics and like kind of puzzling pieces together uh, of lots of games um and it's risen way up the ranks we are not the first people to talk about this game <laughs> in the breath of, of best games the of the last year second right just a second just a second no one else yes. has done it nice. yes <laughs> and here's the thing i know a lot of people would say isn't that a 2021 game we couldn't get it or play it until 2022 and that's generally how we categorize this so that's right we're not the dice tower we don't get stuff shipped to us directly from you know germany we can't play it on day one <laughs> It's true. So it's not a 2021 game for us, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so that's Arc Nova. Uh, Carnegie is a game about Andrew Carnegie. Uh, this was this is a tricky one too because people have been playing this game for about two years now uh, because it was on when the Kickstarter ran in early 2021. They immediately put it up on Board Game Arena. We played it like the day or the day after it came out mm-hmm. on Board. BGA Live, yep. and I've been playing it ever since on Board Game Arena. Um, I also have a physical copy now. But mechanically speaking, Xavier Georges makes just a fantastic experience here. Like it, it balances all these different elements. It has a very clever mechanic in terms of like pulling things out and working with your personal player board. The map plays several different integral roles in terms of how you're building your your uh, your economic engine. And at the end of the day, because it's about Carnegie. You don't just accumulate wealth. You also have to share that wealth. You have to, the philanthropy is a big part of the middle and end game components. So it draws all that together very effectively. Um, and then the fourth game on our list uh, for best strategy game is Teletum. This is the new T game from Board and Dice, um, bringing back together Daniel Ticini and S- Simone Luciani. Um, and it works really well. Like, I think we can both agree the last few T games have been okay. Like yeah. mild plays. Yeah. Like Top Banusi was fine. Takinu yeah. was fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, like I have them, I'll keep them, but none of these games have been buys for us. To lead them, we haven't reviewed this one yet. We'll talk about it in a week or two, but it is a much tighter designed game, right? Everything flows yeah. very smoothly. All the actions feel substantial, interesting decisions. It works really well. Yep. All right, Anthony. So for our best strategy game for 2022, the winner is... Arc Nova! What? (laughs) The underdog (laughs) comes back and wins. (laughs) I'm glad that we were able to spotlight this game that no one's heard of and no one's played. So, yes, I I think it's it's a well-deserved award and again there's been so much hype about this game and for good reason because it is an exceptional game and even though it does combine a lot of different mechanics that you've seen in a lot of other games before it plays so exceptionally well and at no point do you feel like hey this is kind of clunky this doesn't fit this doesn't work it really is an epic strategy experience at the table and i'm so happy that so many people are getting into the table because it's a great game. It really is. Yeah, we make a lot of jokes, um, mostly around the hype of it, not the actual mm-hmm. game quality. The no. game is good. It's a very yeah. good game. It's in my top 50. Like, I like it a lot. Um, it's just, it's funny that, you know, it's a similar, similar thing with Wingspan. We both love that game, but mm-hmm. the over the top excitement for it, it's hard not to be like, well, is it that good? Does it matter if it's that good? I don't think it does, but it's just, it's fun to have fun with it. But Arc Nova is the best strategy game of the year, for sure. All right, next up is Best Overlooked Gem. So not Arc Nova, surprisingly enough, but Anthony, no. <laughs> you have a you couple of nominees. You took my joke, man. You took my joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, these are games that actually kind of went under the radar. Um, like so, Everdell? Yeah, no, Everdell and Arc Nova, <laughs> they're up for the... <laughs> what else was big this year? Now, um, so... These are games that we've played and reviewed uh, in 2022. They're also games that have not won a lot of awards and have less than a thousand ratings on Board Game Geek. That's kind of like the, the threshold cutoff I gave it. Yeah, uh, it's just not a lot of people have played and rated them. So doesn't mean they're not good. They're all good. That these are all games that we gave good reviews to. It's just not mm-hmm. enough people have played them, and we want to spotlight some. So first up, we have Trekking Through History. So Trekking Through History is a 
just a really fun, clever kind of card set collection game in which you're gathering and placing these different cards representing historical eras into this tableau in front of you. And then at any point, if you can't move forward in time, you can have to close the set off. That's basically it. But then you're also trying to complete this separate little sheet based on the different resources you pull. Um, This is a great family game as well, which very well could have been in our best family game category. Um, My kids love it. And it has a lot of information on it. My son, who's a big history buff, was just sitting there reading the backs of the cards. He wasn't. He was. I kept like, you have to take your turn. He's like, oh, sorry, I'm reading the cards. So um, very good (laughs) in being entertaining and educational at the same time. Um, Free Ride is a new game from uh, Friedman Freeze that Board Game Geek lists as 2021, but it definitely got out here in the U.S. um, early 2022. And it's a game of traveling through Europe on these different train lines. Um, It has 45 different cities. You're trying to complete these different routes and basically be as efficient as possible moving around with a limited number of actions as you go. Um, The solo game is very much a puzzle in the Friedman Freeze formula. The game board can be a little overwhelming because if you don't know all the names of these cities in Europe, which I do not, then you can get lost trying to find stuff. But it's, it's a quick, tight, accessible puzzle of a game that for whatever reason, I mean, Friedman Freeze puts out a lot of games. It just kind of flew under the radar of a lot of people. Um, next up, we have Streets, which we mentioned before is our best family game. Um, Villagers was a bit of a hit. I feel like that game jumped up. A lot of people played it. It got up higher in the ratings. Streets did not for some reason, even though I feel like it's maybe even a little more accessible than Villagers, right? It it's just like the middle didn't... child. Right? <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> um, I think when... I think when Streets came out, then Moon was announced shortly after, and it kind of right. like, I think it t- stole its wind a little bit. Plus, pandemic, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it being a little bit lighter than Villagers didn't help either, because then people got it and they're like, oh, it's not Villagers. I'm like, of course it's not. It's a different game. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did the same thing. I played it. I'm like, oh, it's not. Well, actually, though, this is a lot of fun, right? It's It does a lot of really interesting things, and I've played it a lot. I think I've played it more in the last year or two than I have Villagers because it's quick and easy to play. So um, definitely get that if you can. And then Zapotec is, and I feel like I could just put Fabio Lopiano on this list every year, and we could just give him the award um, because he just consistently makes amazing midweight Euro games, and they consistently get overlooked. (laughs) So uh, I gave this game a buy when I reviewed it earlier this year. It is a like all of his games, it takes an hour, maybe a little bit more, and you're making a lot of very chunky, meaningful decisions in that hour, and you really have to think carefully about what you're doing. And it's just a fun, clever puzzle of a game, um, like all of his stuff that uh, I wish more people would latch onto. But Board and Dice do this thing where they release two or three games at a time, and they have like their big one, their T release, and then their second tier stuff. And this is this was second tier, and nobody bought it. So Zapotec. Zepatek. All right, Anthony. So our best overlooked gem for 2022 is Trekking Through History. Yes, Trekking Through History. Uh, this game really clicked really hard for not just my me, but my family, right? It's it's a follow-up to Trekking the World, which I think both of us really kind of fell in love with on Board Game Arena during COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um a follow-up to Trekking the National Parks, which is a, just a fun, clever way to kind of go through the different national parks. These games do an interesting mix. It's a really hard line to walk. Most games that try to do it fail of being interesting and engaging, but also slightly educational, like having some value there, like classroom value, children value, family value, where you can learn something, but you don't feel like you're learning while you're playing because it it's just fun to play. And uh, it does it really well. All right. Next up, best Kickstarter. What do you have for us this time, Anthony? All right. So uh, first up, we mentioned the middle child of Sinister Fish Games. What about the uh, youngest child? (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Right. You're the you're the biggest fan I know of Villagers. What did you think of the Moon Kickstarter? I was really excited about it. They gave us a lot of great information right off the bat. Full rule book, full description. um, Really cost-effective shipping for once through Kickstarter and a really inexpensive price tag. I think it was 40 pounds, I'm sorry, 40 euros uh, for the game. So 
everything was up there. Everything seemed to be high quality components and they were just throwing stuff in throughout. Really good communication. A lot of fun. All right. Uh, next up, we have uh, one that I was the most excited for this year. This is over on GameFound. So mm-hmm. this is why we've kind of we've we've always called this best Kickstarter. It's really just best crowdfunding campaign now because a lot of games are in GameFound. Um, but <laughs> KeyForge Winds of Exchange from Ghost Galaxy. Uh, I thought like everybody else, I thought KeyForge was dead. It's a fantasy flight game. They hadn't said anything in a couple years. They kill everything. Asmodee has gutted that company. <laughs> like it's dead and then they mentioned that their algorithm was dead and you're like okay this game is dead 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 um but but is is, can you still get funny names for the card decks is that dead tell me that's not no it's coming back coming back (laughs) so christian peterson uh the one-time founder and owner of and ceo of fantasy flight games who was left slash pushed out um by asmodee a few years ago Mm -hmm. He and some partners started Ghost Galaxy. They bought the rights to Keyforge and they're bringing it back. So wow. they ran a game found campaign um, mm-hmm. back in, like, I think, September. Um, and they raised a little over a million dollars for bringing back a new set of Keyforge. Now, a lot of this stuff was already kind of rumored. Like we knew a lot of the new sets that were being developed. It really was a matter of paying for getting the algorithm fixed, figuring out the printing solution and actually getting all this stuff done. Because they did have to fix the algorithm. It was broken. So part of the money went to that. Um, and it came with a bunch of cool stuff, right? Like you got a bunch of decks. You got free decks if you backed early. Um, they had like toys and miniatures and stuffies and different kinds of decks um, that you could purchase. Uh, you know, if you just wanted decks, you could buy a bunch of decks. If you wanted all this extra stuff, you got like custom decks with your name on them. You got little furry stuffy things you got toys you got mats like depends on what kind of a fan you were but it was they tried really hard to keep everybody in mind with this campaign and not just be like here's the stuff give us money now there's some controversy there were some issues with the campaign um some of the new formats they've been talking about people are not happy about but none of that bothers me because i don't play competitively i just i'm happy to have new keyforge content i'll play with my son and we will have a blast so it was a great campaign. It was one of the few campaigns in the last like two, three years where I actually followed each update and stayed up to date on it because I was excited to see what was coming. Very nice. Um, next up, we have the Turchi Jr. promo pack. So this was run specifically by David Turchi um, of, well, primarily, I want to say he's famous for a lot of things. We'll start with an acronym because <laughs> that's his big game. <laughs> um, but he's also become like that guy who does solo versions of things. And he and his partner were expecting a child. And so he's like, I'm going to put up a promo pack thing on GameFound um, so people can help support us. And, you know, children are expensive. <laughs> and he's a <laughs> you know freelance game designer. And so he had promos for Takinu, Imperium, Vengeance, Perseverance, Tricarion, Venice, Voidfall, and Tawantan Suyu, all games he's worked on. And it was just cute. Like the promos all relate to having children or pets of some kind. Um, um, all new artwork all integrated with these different games from different developers. It was just a very cute, fun thing. It's the kind of thing I like crowdfunding for because it's actually helping an individual in some way to live the lifestyle they want to live as a creator. Very cool. Um, And then the final one here is Unconscious Minds. This is one that you backed and talked about at length on the podcast. I know they had a (laughs) lot of content in here, right? There's a lot of content. And again, I think of all the Kickstarters that we're talking about here and, and many of the other crowdfunded sites out there, Unconscious Minds was unique in its presentation. I mean, first off, the game itself is really interesting and dynamic, and they were able to put that together in the campaign with a lot of articles, written work, uh, rule books, uh, independent reviews, and then there's music and there's animation and there's a little bit of a gameplay on there. And there's just multiple levels that you could back at. Some of the levels are offering you uh, cheaper shipping because they'll take out some of the boxes that you don't necessarily need for the expansion if you're going to put everything in the box. So, like, it's a very thoughtful campaign about giving you so much about the game in advance and giving you a number of different options to to find the experience that you really want to have. So I was really appreciative of that. And then I spent $120 on it. But let's not even talk about that. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, these are all campaigns we backed, so yes. you know, we're putting our 
mouth where our money was, I guess. <laughs> Give or take. So, Anthony, our best Kickstarter or crowdfunding project that went out there for 2022 is Moon. Yes. So, great games. Sinister Fish, we love what they do. But we also, you just have to give, you know, you mentioned Unconscious Minds. It was $120 plus shipping or whatever. <laughs> Moon is only 40 Yes. And you got the expansion for free. Yes. And they pack a lot into those little boxes. So They do. I feel like every year it's just going to be like, which game is good but also cheap? That's our winner. <laughs> so. Yeah. And again, when you when you read through the campaign, you see that there was a lot of love put into the, the actual game itself. It's right complex without being overwhelming it's streamlined and they're always very thoughtful in their box presentation squeezing everything in a very small container so that you can actually fit on your shelf you can actually ship it without taking out a second mortgage on your house and giving you enough information in the campaign that you feel like you can back the game you know responsibly and you're not just backing a bunch of just pictures of miniatures or something like that so uh, right. again sinister fish another great job and again, I think this is their best campaign out of all three. All right. So, Anthony, our next category is Best 2.0 Release. Who's our nominees? All right. Yeah, this was a big year for 2.0 releases or sequels or whatever you want to call them. Um, <laughs> these are games that are based on previous games, either re-implementing mechanics or upgrading mechanics, advancing mechanics, changing the theme, whatever. Um and we have four really strong nominees here. First, we have Heat Pedal to the Metal, which is a car racing version of Flamme Rouge from Days of Wonder. So this was a it's, it's a game that came out kind of late in the year, but people are super buzzing about it. It's been number one on BGG's hotness for like a month now. Um, and Flamme Rouge is a brilliant racing game. And so putting that on a racetrack makes perfect sense. Um, we had Star Wars, The Clone Wars, which was pandemic in the Star Wars universe. So you are facing off against one of the villains from the Clone Wars, and you're trying to complete these different missions on all the Star Wars planets. It has all the basic pandemic rules in place, but it's streamlined in a lot of ways. And you can't necessarily lose quite as easily or as quickly as you would normally, right? There's like combat damage you can take, but you don't actually get eliminated by that. Um, Skymines is the Mombasa in space from Alexander Fister that we've been asking for for seven years they finally did it it finally came out it's mombasa in space you can go back and listen to our review from a few months ago but effectively you know they've taken all the basic mechanics they're all the same they've rethemed it all to make it you know acceptable <laughs> from a thematic perspective but then fister went above and beyond and added new content you can flip the board over there's more stuff there there's additional materials mixed into the game there's a full solo mode there um, so it's not just a retheming. There's more content as well. And then last but not least, we have War of the Ring, the card game. Um, this is a card game take on War of the Ring, my number one game of all time, one of the top rated games on Board Game Geek. And it uses a very clever uh, card system while re-implementing a lot of the familiar mechanics from War of the Ring. Uh, so working with those original designers, working with the original publisher, but bringing in the design expertise behind Quartermaster General as a card game to really make it work as a kind of a skirmish um, exercise with cards. All right, Anthony. So for our best 2.0 release for 2022, the winner is Sky Mines. Yes. If nothing else, because we were asking for this for so long, <laughs> so long. It's honestly one of the best set of board game mechanics that I've ever played. And it really broke my heart to kind of remove this from my top 100 list because I'm like, Hey, I really love the mechanics of this game. Oh dear God. <laughs> can I, yeah. can I get this, get this game and some, some sort of reasonable repackaging. And I think you and I talked about this way back when I'm like, just put every, just put this thing in space, just put it in space. You'll be fine. And clearly he listens to the episode. He did that. And it's fantastic. And as you mentioned, it's not just a re-implementation. It's not just a repacing of the theme. It's so much more. You get everything that you could possibly want, including all the little mini expansions that you would have had to pick up separately. And it's all in one box. And there's a whole other way to play the game, which is fantastic. And I think instead of 
burying the lead here that he did this in order to right a wrong, so to speak, in board game, you know, cardboard, you know, morality. We should celebrate it. And I want to celebrate yeah. it. And it's, again, if no other reason, you probably have overlooked this game because you're not sure what it is. It's definitely something you should be getting to the table. Yeah, Sky Mines is one of the best hero games of all time. It's just, I feel like getting slightly overlooked because it's a re-implementation of an older game. But that older game's been out of print forever, and it has problems. So you definitely should play Sky Mines. All right, Anthony, our next category is Best Solo Game. What do you have for, up for us? All right, lots of good solo content this year. Um, first up, a big surprise this year, Twilight Inscription. What? I know. <laughs> so, surprising for several reasons. One, we didn't think it was real. There was rumors that this existed, but then when they announced it, you're like, are you serious? Is this a real thing? We're making a roll and write of Twilight Imperium of all games. But it is. And two, it's actually kind of good. So mm. they somehow made this work. The main problem with it is that it's kind of long. It's an hour to two hours long as a roll and write, which no, like it's too long. <laughs> so I play it solo and that takes 45 minutes and that's about perfect. And it's fantastic because there's a lot of variability of all the different races that you have in the base game. You have all the different variability that comes out in how you pull out of the deck and where you mark things off and how the dice roll. Um, it's been a really crunchy, ex fulfilling experience playing this solo at the table. Uh, the next one here is the Guild of Merchant Explorers from AEG. I've mentioned this several times. It's one of my favorite games. And it, it's got some of that flip, roll, build and write type of mechanics, like a tiny town. Um, but what makes it so cool is that the game evolves over time. And in each of the three rounds, you'll put stuff out and it will, some of it becomes permanent and some of it goes away. And then you start over with the permanent stuff left and you build from there. So, Every game is different, and it really does build in unique, creative, fun ways. And because it's AEG, I'm excited for expansions down the road. Uh, X-Men United is, you know, building on Marvel United. I know, Chris, you played this a lot solo. I've played some of it solo. We played it together. Um, great system for that. And then last but not least, we have Turing Machine, which is, I it's a game but I would hesitate to call it like a multiplayer experience because it's really like you're trying to solve these different Turing machine type puzzles. Um, it works best as a solo experience. Having played it now with my children by myself at the convention, it, it really requires like playing it yourself, trying to solve this puzzle in the limited amount of space and time you have really is a fun brain bending experience. It's unlike anything else I've played before. And the fact that it works as well as it does is amazing. Um, you throw a bunch of people around at a table, it gets a little fiddly and people start arguing. But as a solo experience, fantastic. All right, Anthony. So for our best solo game for 2022, the winner is the Guild of Merchant Explorers. Yes. Love this game. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's the one I played the most of these. I've played all of these solo, but this is the one I played the most. It's the one that I feel like I get the most out of in a solo experience. Similar, like this is the game this year that Cascadia was for me last year, where I'll just pull mm. it out, play it a few times, and then put it away, and then do it again three days later. Because it's just, it's fun. It's interesting. I've played it enough now I can put like a TV show on in the background and just kind of go through it. And every time I play, I'm like, oh, that was a little bit different. That's fun. <laughs> nice. Good stuff. All right, Anthony, our next category is Best Expansion, and who are our nominees? Best Expansion this year, our nominees are Dune Imperium, Rise of Ix. This uh, added Dreadnoughts, it added new houses, it added technology to the game. Um, it For me, it rose the game from a play to a buy and actually put that game on my top 100, where it had not been before. Um, that's a sign of a good expansion, <laughs> right? Makes everything about it better. Um, on Mars, Alien Invasion is just a brilliant expansion. Everything about it is just cleverly designed. It works seamlessly. There's so much content here working in different ways uh, from cooperative experience to competitive experience to literal alien invaders you have to fight off. Uh, just this is Vitalis Herod is having fun. It's, it's so cool to see. Um, we have Root Marauders along with the Clockwork 2 expansion for Root. Uh, it adds more stuff to Root which is my second favorite game of all time. So 
There's nothing wrong with that. More root content is always more root content. Uh, and then the Red Cathedral Contractors. This adds 10 new guilds. It adds the Contractors expansion, adds a bunch of other cards. It's basically the same amount of content that was in the base game, but as an expansion, which for a game that started to feel a little stale after playing it a few times, because there's not that much content in the box, it really needed this. And it, it's much, much appreciated <laughs> that they released it. We get more content for this game. All right, so for our best expansion for 2022, the winner is Dune Imperium Rise of Ix. All right. Like I said, man, this this game, this expansion pushed this game over the top for me. It's it's a really difficult category. It's my favorite category each and every year. I think it's a very bold and sometimes essential endeavor to put out an expansion for a solid game that everyone loves. And all of these games are solid games. I mean, none of these games in some ways needed an expansion. And it's almost like crazy to put out an expansion because how could it be better? How could it be essential? How could it be that valuable? And all of these were, but really rise of X, as you said, Anthony, it was fine. I remember playing. It, I was like, Oh, this is good. I'd love Dune, but this is fine. It doesn't really rise above the level of just like, purchase this own this you know play this off all the time and then like you said with the pieces that come into play here it does fix a number of things and puts this expansion as essential into the gameplay yeah definitely yeah i would never play without it all right Anthony. so now our biggest category and our last category in the best category it's game of the year category what are our game nominees <laughs> all right, so we've talked about all these games but one, so I'm not going <gasps> to linger too much on all of them. We've kind of given our, our spiel on all these, but we have Arc Nova, the surprise come-from-nowhere strategy game of the year winner. Dark Horse, um, man, Dark Horse. Out of nowhere, literally And nowhere. honestly, you can play the Dark Horse card in that game. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have X-Men United, one of our favorite quick solo-type experiences this year. Really added mm-hmm. a lot updated a lot of materials and, and mechanics from the base Marvel United. Yep. Uh, the Guild of Merchant Explorers, our best solo game of the year. Uh, just one of my favorite experiences at the table this year. Mm-hmm. We have Lacrimosa, this just elegant experience trying to recreate the Lost Requiem of Mozart. Just it's beautiful to look at, beautiful to play. Um, a lot of variability with the different cards and decks that come into that game. We have War of the Ring, the card game. Uh, which somehow manages to take one of the best games of all time and boil it down into a card game experience uh, with multiple play modes, most of which work really well. Uh, we have Teletum, which is Tashini and Luciano coming back together and doing something amazing, um, working together on a game that is tight and seamless in a lot of ways that recent games have not necessarily been in that series. And then we have Cat in the Box, the paradoxical trick-taking game um, from Bezier that is, it's just cute fun, right? It, it takes everything that we know about trick-taking games and it kind of twists it around and turns it upside down on its head and makes you have to think very differently about how you're going to play your cards and what actions you're going to take and when you're going to take them. Um, just a lot of really fantastic games uh, on our list this year. Yeah. Fantastic games. Fantastic year. 2022. And fantastic designers, publishers, uh, thank you so much for bringing so many great games to the table. But our game of the year for 2002, 22, Board Gamers Anonymous chooses, cast your vote, who you think it is? War of the Ring, the card game. No doubter. No, like, <laughs> when, when we did the most anticipated for the year, I was like, if that actually comes out this year, I bet it'll be our game of the year. Like, I... I might have even have said that on that episode because War of the Ring is such a brilliant game as a two-player experience. So asymmetrical, so well-balanced, such an epic experience. And if like if they can successfully turn that into a card game, however you do that, <laughs> like then it's going to be amazing. And it is. It is amazing. It somehow works exactly as I would hope for. Um, and it's not even, you know, they went out and they got a different designer, Ian Brody, who had worked on Quartermaster General, which is, a, again, a fantastic uh, war game, more traditional war game. And he said, we like how that works. It's a clever campaign system. It's a clever um, 
you know, obviously it's a bigger game and it has a map and everything else going on it, but, but it's based on the cards. And they're like, how do we boil this down? You know, how do we boil this down into an experience that people could play in an hour or two, just with cards, only cards. And it works somehow it works. It's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's easy. If you're on board for the theme, it's easy. If you're on board for that kind of, you know, epic battling game in a small card game, but it's almost impossible to take what is probably one of the most, it's got to be like within like, I guess two or three, the most epic military thematic and hidden role kind of just, there's just it. The board game has everything and more and the hubris to try to boil that down into a card game and then when you sit down at the table, you're like, oh, I know the board game. This is going to be a nightmare because it's going to be compacted into a tiny little card game. So can you please give me the booklet of all the key action words and all the different symbologies that I'm going to forget five minutes later? And then you play the game. And if you have no interest in Lord of the Rings, you do not need to because the gameplay is streamlined. It's elegant. It's fun. And it's really dynamic. And it's, again, tremendously surprising that they were able to, to accomplish this. Yeah, it, it really is an, 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 just quite an accomplishment. And we're going to have a more detailed review here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we've been mm-hmm. playing this game a lot. Uh, we'll go through the different game modes. There's multiple game modes here. There's different player counts. But um, obviously, we like it. It's kind of a spoiler there. Uh, presumably, it's a buy uh, if we're giving our game of the year. And it's just it's. I would have been immensely disappointed if this game was anything but amazing, but thankfully it is amazing. And I'm so happy that we have it now. They took a shot and they hit it out of the park. And again, tremendously outrageously surprising. Uh, Big thanks to Aries games for putting this out. Great, fantastic game. Thank all the publishers, all the designers, all the nominees this year. Great, great games. Thank you all for joining us at the table, playing these games or listening to talk about these games. And again, Please share this episode with other people, whether they are hardcore board gamers or first-time gamers, because you know what? These are the games that they should be getting to the table. Hopefully, our excitement will get to them, and you'll get these games to the table as soon as possible. So, Anthony, until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And for 2022, we'll save you a seat at the table for the best games of the year.